all right now. What seems to be your trouble? I feel depressed. I know I should be happy, but I'm not. Well, as they say on TV, the mere fact that you realize you need help indicates that you are not too far gone. I think we better pinpoint your fears. If we can find out what you're afraid of, we can label it. Actually, Lucy, my trouble is Christmas. I just don't understand it. Instead of feeling happy, I feel sort of let down. You need involvement. You need to get involved in some real Christmas project. Incidentally, I know how you feel about all this Christmas business. Getting depressed and all that it happens to me every year. I never get what I really want. I always get a lot of stupid toys or a bicycle or clothes or something like that. What is it you want? Real estate. Hi, everybody. Happy uh, first weekend of Christmas shopping, Thanksgiving weekend. Open up with my traditional uh, Charlie Brown. Uh, I want real estate for Christmas because, uh, you know, it's a great time to get real estate. Don't buy them Xboxes anymore. Don't buy them uh, iPhone 10s. Buy them some real estate. You know what? If you save them long enough, you buy them some real estate now, rent it out for them until uh, they get old enough to have their own house, and then... Uh, Decide if you still want to give it to him. Uh, so anyway, and I also used that uh, chant from uh, that uh, that opening from uh, ACDC, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. The, you know, Dirty Deeds go, go right along. You know, there's so much innuendo in this stuff. That Dirty Deeds going with what we're going to talk about today because it's like the sexual harassment show. And uh, we lost uh, a member of... Uh, ACDC, Malcolm Young, uh, the guitar player for ACDC, uh, passed away this week, as well as a few other uh, notables, Della Reese, you know, our favorite uh, our favorite uh, murderer, Charles Manson, and of course, uh, David Cassidy. Um, I was thinking about opening up with a David Cassidy song, but he just doesn't have any big anthem songs that we could use. I might give you a little treat in the beginning of the second half with a little something, but uh, you know what? Uh, we all uh, I, I wasn't big on ACDC in the in the old days, and uh, you know he wasn't one of my favorites. I like ACDC, but you know they weren't one of my things. But you know we all grew up with the Partridge Family. Every if you're listening to my if you're listening to my show and you relate with what I'm saying, you know darn well you were there Friday nights right after the Brady Bunch watching the Partridge Family. And, you know, uh, somehow the the Partridge kids were just a little cooler than the Brady kids. So it was uh, cool to like the Partridge family where, you know, you might want to not want to tell your, if you're a boy, you might not want to tell your friends, hey, man, uh, I want to be Greg Brady when I grow up. Uh, maybe not. So uh, we lost David Cassidy this week. And uh, I got a little David Cassidy. Uh, I'll say that. I'll tell the story in the second half. I'll tell the story in the second half. So uh, I do have a David Cassidy story, that personal story that I could tell you. So, uh, but I'll tell that, tell in the second half. So anyway, I'm going to talk about everything that's going on this week. And is there anything going on besides sexual harassment? Is there anything that I said last week that didn't stir somebody into calling me and saying something? Is there anybody that uh, didn't have an opinion one way or the other? Because uh, I got a lot of response. So, uh, but I will tell you once again, I'm not defending anybody. Last week I talked about a lot of the questionable timing with what's going on with Roy Moore. And I had said it about 10 times. I'm not defending anybody. I don't know all the details. It just seems peculiar when all this stuff's coming out. Um, and of course this stuff's coming out and it's coming out from everybody. 
where were you guys all these years? Ladies, little boys, everybody. You know what? How come nobody had said anything before? I don't know. So anyway, uh, I'm not. I am not saying anything about not believing anybody. I'm just saying, based on the Democratic playbook, all the people coming out after Roy Moore do seem peculiar, and there does seem to be a uh, alter- alternative, uh, ulterior motive in the Democrats. And uh, you know what? You see, you know, you. it looks like a duck. It smells like a duck. It waddles like a duck. It has a big orange beak on the front, and it tastes delicious with orange sauce on it. Um, it's probably a duck. So anyway, uh, we'll talk about everything that's going on. But first, I'm going to introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. Located Southern California, offices all over the place, lending in California, Arizona, and a few states on the way. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need some help with your financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And one last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. That is not the listener hotline. So when you call that because you want some help, you're going to get, you're going to talk to me or one of my teammates And, uh, if you call the teammates and you happen to get them and you're asking them about stuff that I said on the show, they are not versed for that. They, they're as versed as what I, uh, hearing me talk about it in the office. And, uh, so if you want to, if you want to, uh, say something, if you want to call in and state your opinion, call the listener hotline. I'll say it in a few minutes. I'm going to separate those two phone numbers for a, for a couple of seconds. So you don't get them confused, but I will talk about that in a second. So if you uh, if you uh, don't want if you want to get in touch with me about loans but you don't want to uh, talk on the phone you can go to wccloans.com wcclons.com uh, click on the loan center click on apply now give me as much information as you want tell me how much information you want back you will hear from myself or one of my teammates and uh, one of you guys walked in the one of you guys talked to one of my teammates and actually I was standing in the lobby when you came in and uh, we got to talk. I was going to talk with you some more, but you got finished and left before that. But, uh, um, but as I, as I, as I told him, uh, I'm involved in all the loans that you talk to me or my team. And, uh, so we know what's going on. We all work as a team. So if you don't get me, you're still getting me. Um, but if you, if you want to do that, go to wccloans.com. If you want to hear any of the show replayed, you can go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the podcast page. You can hear uh, this week's show as well as several past shows and uh, play it at your uh, on-demand anytime you want to listen to it. And uh, we, the podcast is also available on SoundCloud and iTunes where you can subscribe for free, have it download to your phone or your iPod or your iPad or your computer, and you can uh, listen to it anytime you want from whatever device you listen to podcasts on. I'm sure there's lots more devices than I realize. Because the technology is just moving too fast, moving too fast. So uh, let's see here. Uh, keep up with the show on uh, on social media. My Twitter uh, handle is at uh, Ed Hoffman, uh, where I tweet about current events all week long, sometimes more than others. And on uh, Facebook, uh, the show on Facebook is facebook.com slash the main event, Ed Hoffman. And uh, if you want to leave me some comments on the show, the listener hotline, 855 640 92-855-640-2092. If you call that and say, hey, I need a refinance, I'll get it and I'll call you back. But 
if you want to have a chance to have your to have your voice on the radio or you, I will hear that and I might even call you back on that or I might just talk about it on the radio. Either way, um 855-640-2092. And again, uh any of that financing stuff, refinances, purchases, reverse mortgages. Reverse mortgages are a hot item right now and been a lot of changes. If you're not sure about them, you don't understand them. You're over 62 and you go and I haven't heard good things about it, but I still kind of curious about it. Call me 855-640-2020. Okay. Did I make, did I confuse you? Okay. <clears throat> I'll say it again later. So anyway, let's talk about what's going on in this, in this uh, country and what is going on. Sexual harassment. Well, the Democrats want to pretend that Roy, that Republican Roy Moore in Alabama is the only one being accused of sexual harassment. The list of Democrats who have allegations against them continues to grow. Continues to grow, and I'll and I'll just put this in right here that uh you know President Trump uh spoke out a couple days ago of uh, saying hey you know Roy Moore denies it, and we don't need a Democrat there. He's I don't think he's endorsing him either. And he's just saying hey we needed. I would say hey if you're a Republican in Alabama you're probably listening to me on podcast because I don't think my broadcast gets out there other than on Red State Radio. But um if you're if you're a Republican. Why not vote for him? Let him have his day in court, or let's find out. And then if he, and then if he, then if it turns out that he that these uh, allegations are true, then replace him. Can't be any more expensive to have a special election, or have to, or have to have him resign and have the governor, uh, have the governor appoint somebody than it is to reprint, uh, than to start out, than to have a Democrat in there for six years. All righty then. Okay, so that's just my that's just my thought. My thought is we have a razor thin majority in the Senate, and I think that's where, I think that's a why the Democrats are. I think that's why they have a uh, uh, ulterior motive to make these allegations too late in the game to to uh, to find out the truth. And B, I think that's why Trump is saying, "Hey, he denied it." Why are we convicting him just because he, you know, just because? So anyway, uh, and again, I am not defending him. But uh, last week we talked about Senator Al Franken forcibly kissing Leanne Tweeden and groping her with a, a photographic evidence. Well, surprise, surprise, surprise! She's not the only woman coming forward to accuse Franken. Uh, and unlike Tweed, uh, Tweeden, this woman was touched by Franken after he became a United States senator. Lindsay Menz reached out to CNN hours after Tweeden made her story public, saying she wanted to share an uncomfortable interaction with Franken in 2010 that left her feeling gross. Senator Franken's second accuser, 33-year-old Lindsay Menz, told CNN the senator grabbed her rear end when she posed with him at the Minnesota State Fair for this photo shared on social media. As my husband took the picture, he put his hand full-fledged on my rear, she said. He totally grabbed my butt. Franken tells ABC News, I take thousands of photos at the State Fair surrounded by hundreds of people, and I certainly don't remember taking this picture, but adds, I feel badly that Miss Mentz came away from our interaction feeling disrespected. I have a hard time believing that if you took a picture with somebody and you and you grabbed their butt, that you wouldn't have any any recollection of that. So does that mean that uh, I believe that I believe that this lady's accusing him wrong? No, I think I think Franken's put enough evidence out there that he does this kind of stuff and. Uh, Quite frankly, if I was taking the picture and someone did that to my wife, 
they would have a hard time making it to their job on Monday morning at the Senate. So anyway, uh, so that's what I think about that. Well, how come I believe the accusers of a Democrat, but not the Republican? I didn't say I didn't believe the accusers. I just said the playbook of the Democrats has to, you have to consider that. Okay. So anyway, um, so, and here's, here's a new Democrat facing allegations this week. Congressman John Conyers. If you don't know who John Conyers is, he's, he's a dinosaur. Uh, he's, uh, in, from Michigan. He's, uh, reportedly said, apparently he, he reportedly settled a claim with an accuser in 2015 for 27,000 bucks. And, uh, just so you know who he's, we're talking about, he's a dinosaur. He's been in Congress since 1960, 1965. He's been in there for 52 years. So when I think about how, how that this guy's a dinosaur, it makes me think of this uh, slightly altered Jurassic Park clip. God creates dinosaurs. God destroys dinosaurs. God creates man. Man destroys God. Man creates dinosaurs. Man sexually harasses woman. Dinosaurs eat man. Woman inherits the earth. Maybe that's the whole thing. Maybe woman is trying to inherit the earth right now. You know what? For those of us married guys, I think they already already control it anyway, just in uh, in a little covert type of way. So uh, so he's uh, he's ser- currently the longest serving member of Congress. Uh, he was on Richard Nixon's enemies list. Uh, here he is, Richard Nixon, nineteen seventy three, I think, was Watergate. Uh, he was elected in sixty eight. Watergate was, I think, nineteen seventy three, maybe seventy four. Um, he's currently long rest. Uh, he was on, on Richard Nixon's enemy list. Here he is, uh, comparing Trump to Nixon last week in the, uh, in the hearings with Jeff Session. I was myself on Richard Nixon's enemies list. And although we worked to hold that administration accountable, our work is not complete. We must all remember our common responsibility to prevent that kind of abuse from happening again. I just wonder, how does a guy keep a straight face knowing what he's talking about? I don't know. So uh, we'll talk about, I'll, I'll mention that again, because I think when we get down to the the way these guys hold themselves to be the pillars of strength, of integrity and character, and... They know they know damn well what's going on. They know how they act behind the behind the scenes. You know what? You can't you can't go out there and and uh, and be the good guy and fight for everybody's rights and fight against abuse and then go home and beat your wife. And you can't go home and cheat on your wife and you can't do any of that stuff. And you know what? If you're not a good person when nobody's watching, then you're not a good person. Well, yeah, but when I'm in public, I always say the right stuff. You know what? Uh, somebody responded to my uh, comment last week. Actually, they were listening to an old show, but I made a comment uh, last week as well about how uh, the only people that talk dirtier than guys when there's no women around is women. And uh, somebody sent me a response to uh, one of my uh, on my website to one of my podcasts when I had said it a couple weeks earlier. And uh, she goes, "Hey, you know what? Uh, women do talk about uh, grabbing." Grabbing guys' packages and the size, and she goes, and uh, oh, by the way, we also we also use the uh, f word, uh, but not in public. Yeah, well, Trump didn't realize he was in public when he was talking like a uh, when before when he was the apprentice guy and he was talking to uh, 
Billy Bush on a on a hot mic, and they pulled it out years later to. Anyway, so I digress. So, uh, so, so uh, speaking of abuse, Conyers denies he harassed anyone. His lawyer confirmed to BuzzFeed that he did indeed settle with the woman who claims Conyers repeatedly asked for her sex, asked her for sexual favors favors when she was a congressional aide. On one occasion, she alleged Conyers asked asked her to work out of his room for the evening. When he when she arrived, the congressman started talking about his sexual desires. She says he told her he needed that he she says he told her she needed to touch it in reference to his anthony weiner um or find a woman who who would meet his sexual demands but here's his pal maxine waters maxine waters the uh the other one uh, who's uh the pillar of character and you know impeach impeach 45 here's maxine waters at a women's conference last month not 10 years ago, here's last month calling him a champion of women's causes. You know, there is a member of Congress who has been supportive of women for many, many years. He is quiet, he is confident, he is powerful, but he has impeccable integrity on all of our issues. Give John Conyers a big round of applause. Yeah, he does. He's got impeccable integrity. Ah, oh. Maxine Waters, if you weren't, if your lips weren't moving, you wouldn't be lying. Talking out, yo. Okay. So anyway, so uh, yet another Democrat who was accused this week, who was accused this week, is Bob Filner, who was a San Diego congressman in 1993 uh, through from 1993 to 2012. Uh, here's Democrat Congresswoman Diana Deget of Colorado. I was in an elevator, and then Congressman Bob Filner tried to pin me to the door of the elevator and kiss me, and I pushed him away. And believe you me, I never got in an elevator with him again. But what concerns me now, which could, should concern everybody, is what about the young staffers? What about the interns? Was this happening with them too? And I think we have to ask ourselves the question, is this happening with, with current members of Congress? Yeah, is this? I heard somebody say that. I heard somebody say. In fact, somebody. Uh, I don't remember if she emailed me or messengered me on Facebook about uh, about if we knew all that was going on in in Washington D.C. If we really knew all the 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 extent of this sexual harassment stuff, we would be amazed and you know reference some books that people were writing about it. Um, yeah, that's pretty disgusting. And especially we learned, we learned now there's a, apparently there's a secret slush fund to pay off people that accuse federal employees of, uh, inappropriate behavior to pay off employees from keep them out of the, out of the, the lawsuit, the lawsuit spotlight. And apparently there's been $17 million in payouts in the last, how many years? 20 years was it? Okay, so I think it was 20 years. So, uh, you know what? When you think about it, let's just say it was the last 17 years. So a million dollars a year. You know what? In the, considering that that's only, uh, that's only about three cents a person, no, it's probably not even that. So it's, it's, a, it's a microscopic amount when you divide it over everybody in the country. Um, ah, who cares? You know what? I care because I could think of a lot of things that a million dollars could do besides pay out for uh for congressmen congress unmen uh that can't uh keep control of their uh their desires you know and hey if you can't be away from your wife 
for a few weeks at a time without getting out of control than have your wife come with you to Washington, D.C. You know? Just just saying. So uh, that's my opinion. Welcome to it. Then there's Charlie Rose. Charlie Rose, as many as you may have heard, veteran TV journalist Charlie Rose has just lost both his TV shows because of the allegations against him. You probably know Charlie Rose as the guy on PBS who does boring interviews with people in a dark room. He's also on CBS This Morning with Nora O'Donnell and Gail King. But for eight of the women who worked with him, worked for him, Rose is their boss who walks around naked and badgers them for sex. So here's an article from the Washington Post. Eight women have told the Washington Post that longtime television host Charlie Rose has made unwanted sexual advances towards them, including lewd phone calls, walking around naked in their presence, or groping their breasts, buttocks, and genital areas. I don't know. Isn't that what everybody said was disgusting about what Trump talked about? In the midst of a hot mic and just between him and two guys. Not around other women. Didn't do anything. He just talked about it. This guy apparently does it. The women were were employee, employees or aspired to work for Rose on the Charlie Rose show from the late 1990s to as recently as 2011. They ranged in age from 21 to 37 at the time of the alleged encounters and, and realized that uh, Charlie Rose is 75 now. So 2011, he would have been 69. The youngest accuser said Rose entered the room naked in front of her at least a dozen times and would call her on the phone and tell her he had fantasies of watching her swim naked in his pool. Here's more of the story from CBS This Morning. The show Rose was the co-host on until this week. I think that you can't understate, you know, the level of influence and power that a man like Charlie Rose has. Washington Post reporter Amy Britton spent weeks reaching out to Rose's former employees and job seekers. Several described Rose putting his hand on their legs, sometimes their upper thigh. One said he groped her breasts as she drove him in a car. Two women said he walked naked in front of them after taking a shower. Some critics might say, well, why were they in the position, you know, to naked? But the thing about Charlie Rose is that he would commonly require his employees to come over to his private homes. He allegedly invited one woman to his home on Long Island while considering her for a job. She described crying the entire time as he reached down her pants. Rose tweeted a statement yesterday evening saying, I deeply apologize for my inappropriate behavior. I'm greatly embarrassed. I have behaved insensitively at times, and I accept responsibility for that. Though I do not believe that all of these allegations are accurate. Rose explained, I always felt that I was pursuing shared feelings, even though I now realize I was mistaken. Yeah, I just don't buy that sincere apology. Maybe Charlie Rose should uh, should watch some movies. Maybe he could learn a lesson from a movie called Thelma and Louise. All right, hey, hey, <laughs> just calm down. We're just having a little fun, that's all. In the future, when a woman's crying like that, she isn't having any fun. Yep, uh, doesn't sound like they were, uh, hey, they were shared feelings. They're just having some fun together. Ironically, David Brooks of the New York Times described this type of predator to Charlie Rose himself. Here's Rose on here's here's David Brooks on Rose's show just two weeks earlier. The men who do this tend to start young, and as we've learned over the last several weeks, they don't just do it once or twice. This is a lifetime pattern. That when it's a Louis C.K., Harvey Weinstein, whatever, there's lots of women coming out of the woodwork because it is that weird mixture of 
lust combined with dominance, combined with an inability to see the person you are there with. And, and what struck me about the, a lot of people have denied it, some have come out with apologies. What struck me about the apologies, the first thing they say is, and I, I sort of believe them, I had no idea they were thinking, the women were thinking this way. Yeah, I wonder how it feels to be Charlie Rose and be having him describe you and referring to somebody, hey, people that do this, knowing full well that they're talking about you. You know what? It's uh, you know, and think about Al Franken making judgments on uh, on uh, on people that he's doing. He's doing. Uh, uh, he's part of the uh, the Senate committees on who's our uh, Gorsuch talking about making judgments on how he heard a case because a guy was cold. He end up and he end up uh, taking off instead of following. And hey, you know, you know, he's making judgment on the kind of person that Judge Gorsuch is. While he's while he's making judgment, knowing full well how he treats people, you know maybe it's not sexual harassment, but these guys are all out there. You know, if you live in a glass house, don't throw rocks. Hey, I'll be right back with part two. We'll continue this. Stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, and commercials, and we'll be right back. I'm sleeping and right in the middle of a good dream. All at once I wake up from something that keeps knocking at my brain Before I go insane I hold my pillow to my head And spring up in my bed screaming out the words I dread I think I love you Yes, I think I love you If you listen to my show, I love you, I love you all and especially if you do business with my company, WCC Law, WCC Wholesale Capital Corporation. Everybody, welcome back to part two. The main event opened up with that little uh, piece of the biggest song that David Cassie ever sang. Uh, we lost him this week. I told you I didn't want to open up my show with it at the beginning because it's not really a big rock anthem like I like to open with. But you know what? I'll tell you a story. Uh, I'll tell you a story before we get back into the sexual harassment show um, about... 12 years ago, I think it was about 12 years ago, Don and I, uh, we went and saw David Cassie at the Grove Theater. For those of you who don't know at the Grove Theater, it's a, it's a little theater right on the, on the corner of, uh, Catella and, uh, whatever the entryway is into Anaheim Stadium parking lot. So it used to be called the Sun Theater. We went and saw a bunch of bands there occasionally. Little place, small venue. You can buy, you know, they have, it's dinner theater. So if you, uh, if you want to get there early, you can buy dinner and, and watch a rock show or watch whatever they're showing. And, uh, so I was on their email list and I used to have, uh, used to have my, uh, a desk in our in our master suite at our house. So so if I had to work later at night, I could uh, be sitting in the bedroom while Don's Don's at in the bed watching watching TV. I could still still be instead of being in the in the office downstairs, I'd be up there. So an email pops up, and I'm sitting in there, and I go, "Hey, David Cassidy at the Grove. Do you want to go see? Do you want to go see David Cassidy?" And Don says, "No." Okay. So uh, I went on doing what I was doing, and then uh, like the day before the show, email pops up. Just added Danny Bonaducci. Now they're calling it the Back on the Bus Tour. For those of you that remember the Partridge Family, the big uh, multicolored bus they were doing. So I said, "Okay, now it's the Partridge Family, honey. Do you want to want to go see the Partridge Family? It's Danny and Keith at the Grove Theater, and it's tomorrow night." And she goes, "Hmm. Hey, it might be fun. It's like a Wednesday night or a Thursday night. We never go out to those things on the. But hey, what what the heck? Let's do it. So so I, I went online. I ordered some." And you know, I, I actually sent an email out to everybody at our at our company. Said, "Hey, 
Don and I are going to go see the Partridge family. If you guys want to go along, it might be a fun time. And uh, everybody at my company declined. And I still had I still had some dinosaurs as old as me at the time uh, working for me. Now it's mostly younger people. Uh, a lot of my dinosaurs aren't there anymore. They they are they're extinct now. So uh, so so we went out there, and uh, you know Danny Bonaducci comes on and he does his. Uh, if you've ever seen Danny Bonaducci, it was during the time that bon, uh, Breaking Bonaducci was on, and he's basically a Danny Bonaducci, basically a train wreck in his life at the time and uh having some marital problems and putting them together and getting split up and having some drug issues and some alcohol issues so he comes on and he's doing his stand-up and i don't think he even prepared for the stand-up i think he just tells tells partridge family stories and uh and marriage stories at one point he called his wife on his cell phone and put her on speaker and put it up to the and talk to her while she's bathing one of the kids so maybe it was longer than 12 years ago i don't know it was it was about 12 15 years ago so uh he goes off and a couple minutes later, then Dan, then uh, uh, Keith Partridge, uh, David Cassidy comes on, and as soon as as uh, as David Cassidy walks out, all these fifty year old women come running down the center aisle, ah, again, ah, screaming like you know, like the Beatles, you know, the kids used to, do, and carrying their Partridge Family albums to get to get autographs. And I just done. I looked at, okay, cool. You know what? You know it's uh, you're supposed to have some composure when you get older. But uh, hey, we sat and listened to the music he plays. I think I love you and a bunch of other songs uh, that he's you know Partridge Family songs and some uh, some. Uh some uh his solo songs over the years uh none of which i really remember uh because all i remember is the partridge family songs but uh at about halfway through the show there's some women sitting right right in front of him and the stage came up right up to where he's singing and i think the i think if you're right up at the front of the stage you could actually put your arm use the stage as your armrest it was that close and they're talking and uh, david cassie looks down at me goes hey if you're gonna talk you need to go outside because these other chicks over here are digging it. Yep, that's right. If you're going to talk, you need to go outside because these other chicks over here are digging it. All right. <laughs> I looked at each other and just kind of giggled. Like, all right, this guy thinks he's Keith Partridge still. And uh, so anyway, we stayed around. We had some drinks. Uh, got liquored up just enough to where we could still drive home. Eh, I guess we didn't have any drinks. Eh, is anybody recording this? Yes. Uh, so anyway, we had we had a few uh, adult beverages and listened to the music, and it was fun, and we had a good time. And uh, at some point, I went to the bar, to the bathroom or something, and I saw a copy of the set list was out there, so I could realize, hey, there's only like three songs left. It's a Wednesday or Thursday night. Why don't we book on out of here? We've got our money's worth already. So uh, Don and I left. And as we're walking out of the theater, these women that he told them to, to be quiet or go go outside are outside there talking to the manager. And they're crying. Oh, he hurt my feelings. Oh. Anyway, uh, we laughed. Said, hey, it was a fun night. It was worth it. We were entertained. It was a good time. And uh, we just laughed. Anyway, so that's my David Cassidy personal story. Uh, you know, I was a big Partridge Family uh, uh, Partridge Family guy when I was a kid. And uh, you know what? He will be missed. And uh, rest in peace, David Cassidy. So so before, the, uh, before I got into my David Cassidy uh, Keith Partridge story, we were talking about all the sexual harassment that's going on with all these uh, Democrats. And uh, we're talking about Charlie Rose in particular. And uh, let's see, where did I leave off? So he just, uh, David Brooks has him, is on the uh, Charlie Rose show 
telling about telling basically describing Charlie Rose about how people uh you know who, how these people start young and uh and I and I mentioned that hey I wonder how Charlie Rose felt knowing he was talking about him and uh speaking of David Brooks he also told Charlie Rose something that's shocking to hear from someone on the left could it be that people tolerated all this behavior because there was a president of the United States who once got away with it listen and the uncomfortable thing for a lot of progressive frankly is how much did the Clinton thing create this whole environment how much did tolerance of Bill Clinton create the environment in which the rest of this uh, was given permission uh, how much do you think I think it had effect I think uh, the fact that nobody like was approving of Bill Clinton and some of the things he was accused of doing by Kathleen Willey and those sorts of people but people were not saying no we're drawing the line here and if you don't draw lines in these big cases then you don't draw lines in the little cases in the workplace Yes, and that is a fact that will uh, that stuff affected people. Um, let me see. When do I want to tell that story? Maybe I'll tell it now. Uh, my son, my son Ryan, was dating at the time when uh, all this Lewinsky stuff was going on, and uh, at the time his girlfriend, his his girlfriend had a uh, had an issue with her parents because her dad and her best friend had a little encounter uh, when mom wasn't home. And, uh, and I, and I was talking to Ryan about it and saying, Hey, so this happened with such and such as dad and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and your girlfriend's best friend, you think, you know, so they're having sex and he goes, Oh, they didn't have sex. She just gave him oral. Well, since when is oral sex, not sex? Oh yeah. That was right after the Monica Lewinsky thing. When, uh, I did not have sex with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. And we've got to get back to doing the, the job of the president. You know what? I never thought about it. I never thought about, you know, what's the effect on my kids. Now someone's bringing it up, and now I remember that that little conversation. So what about Bill Clinton? What about Bill Clinton? David Brooks isn't the only one bringing Bill Clinton into the conversation. Um, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, Democrat of New York, and member and and uh, and the member who now holds Hillary Clinton's former seat, said that Bill Clinton should have resigned from the presidency after the Lewinsky scandal twenty years ago. I think that is the appropriate response, but um, I think things have changed today, and I think under those circumstances, there should be a very different reaction. Yeah, I think he should have resigned too, but the Democrats had a different, uh, and, and I said this last week, the Democrats actually, well, they actually uh, held impeachment hearings, and he was actually impeached, but by that time, it took so long to get justice or to get, hey, he was impeached for, for lying to uh to the FBI saying that he didn't have sex with her and then he did and uh so amongst all that stuff so he was impeached but then they had to vote about they had to vote um to whether to remove him from office and a, I would have I would have been embarrassed enough I would have wanted to to get out of the limelight and I would have I would have resigned well, wait, wait 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 this is Ed Hoffman I wouldn't have done that so uh you know hey 8 years 8 years keep it in your pants Eight years, you're going to be in the in the spotlight. You know what? If you're in the spotlight, hey, if you're married, follow your vows. Be true to them. So anyway, uh, maybe I'm a minority here, seems like. So anyway, uh, so, um, but at the time, the Republicans 
did not push him to step out of office because by the time they actually impeached him, they had the opportunity to take him out of office. Um, they were getting ready for the next election, and they didn't want Al Gore to be running against whoever the the uh, nominee would be. And at that time, it, it ended up being George W. Bush. But they didn't want. And if you remember, George W. Bush and Al Gore was was came down to hanging chads in Florida. It was very close. It was a very close uh, election and uh, highly uh, highly. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Highly contested um, because, oh, well, it was only just a few votes in one county that, that it came down to. Um, but can you imagine the, the Republicans didn't want Al Gore to be running as an incumbent because the incumbent has a big advantage because because people are sheep. They don't want to they don't want to talk. They don't want to have to think. And hey, this guy's already in. Let's just leave him there. All right. So uh, and apparently it worked pretty good like that when we had a a moron for a president and he was running against a boy scout Mitt Romney. That's why why we never took him out of office but as as a uh, Kirsten Gillibrand says the 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 attitude now is a lot different. So uh, WABC in New York asked Hillary Clinton to respond to Gillibrand's comments and here's what she said. I don't exactly know what she was trying to say because uh, her whole comment was somewhat uh, uh, contradictory, but I'll let her speak for herself. This was a painful time, uh, not only in our marriage, but in our country, as I've written about. But it was investigated fully. It was addressed at the time. He was held accountable. That is very different uh, than what uh, people seem to be uh, remembering from that period, because you can go back and look at the history. I have a few questions. Number one, which which time was the difficult part, difficult time in their marriage? Was it Monica Lewinsky or was it uh, Kathleen Willey or was it Juanita Broderick or was it uh, uh, Paula Jones or was it I can go on and on and on. So this was a difficult time in our marriage. I'll assume she's talking about Monica Lewinsky. This was investigated and debunked. And, uh, you know, this has been this. The uranium one thing has been debunked over and over. And uh, the the email thing has been gone over hundreds of times. And and uh, trickle down economics has been tried and failed miserably. Many times, you know, do you, do you ever get tired of listening to Hillary Clinton have the same? Oh, it's already been investigated. I don't met. Yeah, it was investigated and he was impeached. And he pay. He was uh, held accountable for that. How was he held accountable? Uh, they didn't take him out of office. And uh, they still gave him a president's presidential library. And apparently, uh, if you see the presidential library in Little Rock, according to Ed Klein, who's written a bunch of books about them, if there's a blue light on on the top uh, on the top floor, you know what? Uh, there's a party going on, and apparently, uh, uh, Slick Willie Bill Clinton is having a lots of parties at the top floor of his his uh, Little Rock presidential library. I don't know how was he held accountable for this, because I don't seem to remember that part. So, uh, as you can imagine, it didn't take long for Gillibrand to walk it back. And NBC's Casey Hunt gave her the opening. You told the New York Times that Bill Clinton should have resigned over the Lewinsky affair. My point is that the tolerance that we had 25 years ago, what was allowed 25 years ago, it 
will not be tolerated today, is not allowed today, and, and that we have to have the kind of oversight and accountability that society needs so that we can protect people in the workplace, that people can function without um, having an, an unsafe work environment, whether it's in the military. So you're saying President Clinton created an unsafe work environment in the White no. House? No, 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 I didn't say that. Wait, I'm trying to I'm trying to be straight up and tell the truth. Oh, wait, so you're saying that President Clinton created an unsafe work environment? Oh, no, I can't say anything bad about uh, President Clinton because he's, he's America's darling. He's America's sweetheart. We all love him. That dude is so cool, he could get changed for an ice cube. I don't know. I don't know. Seems to me there's a double standard here. Now, keep in mind the question the Times asked Gillibrand was only in regards to the Lewinsky scandal. No one ever said anything about the women who accused Bill Clinton of sexual harassment or rape, like Juanita Broderick, Paula Jones, or Kathleen Willey. Here's Laura Ingram with Juanita Broderick last week. Were you surprised, Juanita, that Kirsten Gillibrand didn't mention you? I mean, she mentioned Lewinsky because, of course, that was the subject of the impeachment proceeding. You know, her relationship right. led to the impeachment because he lied under oath. But right. he didn't mention you. He didn't mention Paula. He didn't mention Kathleen. She didn't mention Kathleen Willey. It was only it was only Monica Lewinsky. I wonder why. I think it's too dangerous to bring us back up again. Uh, w they do not want to hear from us, Laura, and that's the crux of the matter. They do not want our names to be brought up again. And we're being brought up by everybody else, so I can't understand why she didn't include us. Well, let me fill you in a little bit. If you've been to my website and you looked at Clinton casualties, there's a list of the Clinton casualties, people that have crossed paths with uh, Bill and Hillary over the years that suddenly became dead. Uh, not saying anybody killed them, but there sure is a lot of people that, that know the Clintons that commit suicide. Um, I don't think I know anybody who knows that many people that have committed suicide uh, that closely, you know, that people I know, I've, I know, I know some people, I had some people close to me that have committed suicide, but not like 55 of them. So, uh, and, and Kathleen Willie's, uh, let me tell you the story of Kathleen Willie, cause her husband actually committed suicide, um, way back when. And she suggests in her book that maybe it had something to do with the Clintons, but maybe not. Cause it was really on the day that she got sexually harassed. So just so you know that Ed Willie was having some financial problems and Kathleen Willie at the time was working as a volunteer in the white house. You know, like, I don't know if the interns get paid, but she was a, she was an unpaid person in the White House. And she asked to see President Clinton to uh, ask if she could get a paid, a paying gig there at the White House because her and her husband were going through some financial uh, problems. And uh, President Clinton did what, uh, what every, what every pillar of strength, character and integrity does. Uh, took her into some hallway branching off the uh, Oval Office, probably the same place where he took Monica Lewinsky, and proceeded to rape her. And apparently uh, said that, uh, said that, hey, I've wanted this ever since I first put my eye. I wanted this since the first time I set eyes on you. And uh, and uh, so proceeded to rape her. And uh, you know, hey, she's coming kind of uh, in a in a bad way. She's embarrassed. She's they're having financial problems, and she's doing her her duty to service the country. And she asks, "Hey, could I get could I have a position that actually gets paid?" Reminds me of a scene from a movie called Disclosure. Sexual harassment 
is not about sex. It is about power. She has it, you don't. If you sue, you'll never get another job in the computer business. If you don't sue, they'll bury you in Austin. If you sue, it's news. If you don't, it's gossip. If you sue, nobody will believe you. If you don't, your wife won't. They will make your life into a living hell for the next three years until this case goes to trial. And for that privilege, it's going to cost you a minimum of $100,000. Do you not think it's a game, Mr. Sanders? It's a game to them. Yeah, it is a game to them. It's a game. It, it's just, you know, it's a game that we don't think about. You know what? I don't know about you guys, but I don't think about ways to sexually harass people. And I don't think about, you know, hey, I own a company. How can I, how can I, how can I take advantage of my power? You know what? I try to be, you know, maybe I don't think I'm the only person, but this is how it should be. You know, if you're, if you're, if you know there's you don't get a good deal from a bad guy and if and if you're not a if you're not a good guy when nobody's looking you're not a good guy just like if you're not a christian when it's only you and your thoughts and god's the only one that can hear them then guess what you're not a christian okay that's just how i think sorry if you don't if you disagree uh that's where we differ Okay, so uh, I try to be a good guy all the time. I never put. I try to never. I tell my tell my people, hey, don't put yourself in a position to have to say you're sorry for something done with the wrong intentions. You know what? We all make mistakes. We're all. We're none of us are flawless. But as long as your intentions are are sound, you can get forgiveness. Don't put yourself in a position to have to apologize for something done with the wrong intentions. So anyway. Um, so that's my, that's my rant on Clinton and, uh, and, uh, Kathleen Willie. And, but what about Biden? You know what? We now, we now know based on what Donna Brazil put in her book, um, hacked. I talked about it the week before last, uh, that, that she was considering when she was the head of the democratic committee, uh, that she was considering replacing Hillary with Joe Biden eight weeks before the election. Hmm, if they can if they were considering doing that, why don't they do something with Roy Moore? Um, I guess I'd have to talk about something else on the radio for the last three weeks. Uh that's so I guess that's a good reason not to. Uh or maybe I could have talked to some about something more moving than sexual harassment. So uh so more Democrats are encouraging Uncle Joe, Uncle Joe Biden, to run against Trump in 2020. But Biden is you know, and in 2020 he will be 78 years old. And that means when he take, if he was to win, he'd take office at 79 years old. And uh, I don't know if you notice some of the people in Congress and the Senate, they're dinosaurs. We need to take people that are over 80, maybe over 75, and just say, hey, you know what? Let's just, re you know, the, I don't think, I think there needs to be in uh, term limits. And I know some of you disagree because we have some really good people in there that shouldn't be limited. But maybe this uh, not having term limits has more disadvantages than it has advantages. I think maybe we should think about keeping getting some uh, some fresh blood in there. So uh, so Biden's no stranger to inappropriate behavior with women himself. Here's an interesting article from the conservative blog The Stream. Um, he's got nicknames like Hansy and Creepy Uncle Joe. He was also vice president of the United States. Now that other famous men in entertainment, politics, and the media are being accused of sexual abuse, videos and photos of Joe Biden touching young girls and women are starting to attract attention. Do liberals criticize Biden for being creepy and inappropriate? Do they tell him they won't support him as a candidate if he acts like that? Well, no, not yet. They find excuses for him. 
He's strongly for women's rights. After all, he's thoroughly pro-choice. But the possible 2020 Democratic presidential candidate may still find that being handsy means not being president. Journalists have been writing about this for a few years. Look at this article from lefty website Gawker from 2015. It gives lots of pictures of what it calls groping Joe's moments. Time magazine ran an article titled America shouldn't tolerate Biden being Biden. It says the teenage daughter of Senator Chris Coons visibly cringed and pulled away from Biden when he whispered in her ear and kissed her on the head. From the same year, New York Magazine posted a slideshow of photos called Nine Times Joe Biden Creepily Whispered in Women's Ears. Every liberal in America now says that men shouldn't force unwanted physical contact on a woman. Even Democrats known for their support of women's rights might not get a pass. Due to the current heightened scrutiny of sexual assault, and sexual harassment. The groping may rule Biden out as top presidential contender for 2020. You know what? If he's the top presidential contender for 2020, I have to say the same thing I said uh, in 2016. Is that the best you got? Come on. You know what? Hillary Clinton. I know Clinton was popular because she was the first lady and all that stuff. But uh, you know what? No one would run against her because they, I guess they didn't want to commit suicide or, uh, except for, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders and Bernie Sanders, a self-admitted communist, you know, socialist. Is that the best you got? And now they're thinking 2020, the best they got is Joe Biden. Come on. Hey, you know what? If it wasn't fun, it was, wasn't for, for, uh, <laughs> Democrats just don't seem to get it. I don't know. So anyway, so we're all out of time for this uh, episode of the of the main event. Uh, I I bid you farewell. Ask you to uh, to uh, keep your keep your cool as you're uh, as you're rummaging through the malls, Best Buy, and uh, all those other fun stores that you're out there. Don and I are in the mountains. We're uh, avoiding Black Friday and this weekend as usual. But uh, happy Thanksgiving. Happy uh, Christmas season. And remember, the listener hotline, if I spurred you wanting to make some comments on anything I said today, is 855-640-2092. 855-640-2092. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event. I'll be back again with you next week. The content in this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB Number 096199.